Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! Get down for a hit. Angle around third. Will score, and they're on the board. Couple of blue pits here in the eighth. It's two to one. That was Gold Star. When the guys, any little hesitation about throwing, he's safe. He's a valuable. He's a winning player. That is Tony LaRusso talking about Danny Mendick, says he's a winning player. Tony talking about the Mendick defensive play with the bases jacked in the eighth inning when Kendall Graveman got himself into trouble and then got out of it. Big win for the White Sox last night. And if you'd like to traffic in the hope that a win like that can be a moment that sparks things and turns things around, then you go right ahead. Me, I've... uh, Felt that and thought that a couple of different times in the past month or so with the White Sox. And now I'm just going to need to see it. Frankly, I'm just going to need to see it. I'm going to need to see them reel off some wins here. They have the good enough starting pitching to do it. But if you don't score runs, then the starting pitching feels the anxiety, man. Can you imagine being a starting pitcher on that team and knowing that if you give up three runs or four runs, you're probably toast? You see it. You see it in, in a Kopech performance, in a Giolito performance the last couple times out. Cease with seven walks yesterday is a very troubling thing. The line, his pitching line is just crazy to look at, but... You know, it, it's a, it's about anxiety reduction, he said, about life, when he was really just talking about baseball. Anxiety reduction. If you're at the plate, stay calm, breathe, enjoy yourself, smile through it if that's what works for you. When you're on the mound, don't freak out. Don't, don't pitch like you have a tiny, short, little leash. Pitch like you can, like you got a big lead, relax, you know, be yourself, be your best self, yada, yada, all that kind of stuff. You get anxiety, it can, uh, you can tighten up and not be at your best. These are humans playing a ball game as we're watching. 670, the score is where you are. Here's your White Sox lineup today. Danny Mendick rewarded after last night's game with a leadoff spot.
Danny Mendick is leading off and playing short. Batting second is Andrew Vaughn out in right field. Luis Robert in center is your three-hitter. Jose Abreu, your DH, is batting fourth. Jake Berger batting fifth. Like it. I'm a... I mean, I, I, I'm good with two through five. Da- rewarding Danny Mendick and putting him up there at one is, is an interesting thing. Tony is, whew, he's just so very Tony. He likes to put people in positions they may not uh, deserve in hopes that they rise to the occasion and also in the desire to build confidence with them, which can have excellent benefits later on in the year maybe even in the playoffs if they believe that their manager that your manager believes in them so that's the move very often but uh you're in a position where you need to win games man you gotta win games so aj pollock is batting seventh in this lineup and danny mendick is your leadoff hitter I mean, I know you're 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 happy for Danny and you think he's a winning player and you just talked about him. He's a good executor. That's what Tony said a while back about Danny when he asked him to bunt. Uh, anyway. All right. Speaks off on or you know, a little bit of a baseball rant in the middle of giving the White Sox lineup. So Mendick Vaughn, Robert Abreu, and Berger one through five. Then Grandal playing first base today will hit sixth. AJ Pollock bats seventh. Reese McGuire will bat eighth and be the catcher today for Lucas Giolito. And Josh Harrison is your second baseman hitting ninth. To the phone lines we go. And let's start with Jack on the northwest side on the score. Jack, how are you? Welcome in. I will hit the correct button. Oh, I hung up on Jack. I'm sorry, Jack. Call him back. Please call back, Jack. My mistake. This is Rich in Old Town on the score. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Yeah, how are you? Great. I uh, love the show. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Let's listen. This and the inside the clubhouse. And I wanted to talk about that briefly and because uh, I did listen yesterday, and I was a little annoyed with, with Bruce where he had two former announcers. They were great guests, too. Rooney's outstanding, and, and so is Harrison. And what they said basically – is a backhanded attempt to get him fired. And they thought they were complimenting him. But, but here's a specific quote that really bugged me. Rooney said, this is a quote, I wrote it down yesterday. Talk about LaRusso, he said, he's the same guy as he was in the 80s. Well, exactly. That's the problem. You know, for him to, for him to confirm that, just to me, justifies getting rid of the guy. Because my friends and I make you look like Mr. Rogers about getting on LaRusso. So don't be... Hmm. basketball you know we we had a problem and then when harrelson came on he fired loser as you know yep back in 80 so i'm thinking okay let's hear what hawk has to say about him and he says look i fired him not because he wasn't a good manager or he goes the only thing that matters he goes to me he goes is not the win loss record he says how hard does your team play do they play smart and do they hustle well if he uses the same criteria He's fire LaRusso again. <laughs> they, do, they don't they don't play smart. They do not play smart um for the most part. It's incredibly frustrating when they don't play smart. And how much of that is on Tony? How much of that is on uh assistant coaches, base coaches, base running coaches? How much of that is on the players? 
It's super disappointing. I have, uh, I've had opportunities every day to talk about it and to break things down. And that play that happened this week, the, the double tag up where McGuire doesn't score before Mendick gets thrown out at second base. And that negates what would have been the tying run and they end up losing the game six to five was emblematic of the whole damn thing. The whole, the whole damn thing. It's about, do you have a culture of intelligence or not? Do you have a culture where you are using everything at your disposal as an organization, front office, manager, analytics, um, all of the, uh, all of the tools where every job is given to someone who wants to be the very best they can be and uses everything at their disposal to do it. And if they're not great at whatever their particular job is, then they're gone. They should be gone. Daryl Boston's job in that moment is to talk through every situation before the, before the ball is in play with Danny Mendick. And it's not just on Danny Mendick to know the play to do and what not to do and how to be careful, how to fake like you're going to tag, and if they do throw to second, turn around and come back. Or if you must, if you're going to tag the whole way, make sure you stop and get in a rundown or whatever. That's He's got to know it, right? But the first base coach's job is to talk through the entire situation. And you know what? We talked to Willie Harris on Parkinson Spiegel this week about base coaches and ended up talking to him about that exact thing. That exact thing. Hey, if you were a first base coach and a guy's tagging from third and the other, you got a base runner there on first and the guy's going to tag, would you talk through those situations before? He said, absolutely. That's my job. Talk through every, every single time. Just make sure that he knows what he's got to do. And we, I mean, it's okay. All right. So it's not just on Danny Mendick. It's on the coaches. And some of them are loyalty hires. And loyalty hires can get you killed. Yee. Or can get you mediocre. That's for sure. Let's go back to Jack on the northwest side. Jack, you're on Hit and Run. Good morning. How are you? What's up, Speaks? What's up, pal? How you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Um, I just want to talk about a few things that I saw yesterday with Kayla Killian. Yes, please. Uh, I'm, a big Cubs, I'm, a, I'm a big Cubs fan. I'm not a Sox fan. I don't pretend to be. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I'm just honest. Uh, what do you call it? Um, I liked what I saw on Caleb Killian. He looked like he got a little shaky, like he was a little nervous, which I probably would have been shaking in my pants too um, in my first thing. But uh, what do you think about uh, Rossi being out and maybe going after Joe Girardi in the offseason? Nah, nah. Ross is a better manager at this point in his life than than Joe Girardi. Uh, I'll tell you, I really liked a lot of what I saw from Killian, but – and we talked about it in the first hour, but I'm glad you brought up Ross. He hasn't had a chance in meaningful games other than 2020, and now he's learned a bunch, and I, I think he's going to be good when the time is right. Now, there's playing time decisions, which are very complicated right now, as there's a bunch of different things that are going on, and I have some issues with some of David's decisions here and there uh, regarding that. For instance, um, you know, it's a very tough position, but to see Jason Hayward getting time when a kid like Clint Frazier does not drives me crazy, drives me absolutely crazy. But that is a product of the different 
plates that have to be spun right now and the balancing job that's going on and some of the relationships and some of what you have to deal with. And David's got a complicated roster a bit in that way. As the roster simplifies, it can be much more just about very best opportunity to win. Right now, a lot of the playing time decisions are about we need to check person X out. We need to see what we have with person Y, you know, that that kind of thing. And then some people are, they are getting paid a lot of money and they are here, so I need to play them. I can't just not play them at all when they're off the injured list. But that's that's beside the point. Did you notice what he did, David Ross, last night in trying to win that game? He really wanted to win that game, and it was a good atmosphere. Wanted to get a win for Caleb Killian. A couple things. Killian coming back out and being real good in the fifth. Maybe he could have gone to the sixth, but Ross wanted to end his night right there have him end his first career start on a good line, and he did. at Five innings, three hits, three earned runs, two walks, six Ks. And then he goes right to Givens. Givens is like an eighth-inning guy for them. You know, uh, maybe a seventh. But situationally, it was the heart of the lineup. And so Ross is thinking, this is a bigger moment than the seventh, or maybe the eighth will be. So why don't I go to Givens right here, right now, and try to get through this difficult part of the lineup? And he did. Yeah. I mean, he he clearly went to the setup guy right then and there. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was smart. Because like you said, we see the Brewers do this all the time. Take yes. your best guy and go yes. get those outs. It's A guy is not, he's not an eighth inning person or a seventh inning person or a sixth inning person. He's a reliever. And the best time to use your most important guys ought to be dictated by the matchups and by what you think are their strengths and when you want to go to them. So there's Givens. And then Givens goes an inning and two-thirds. And then where does he go in a tie game with two outs in the sixth? And now he needs uh, a serious, serious arm and a serious reliever to go after Goldschmidt and the rest of that heart of the lineup. He goes right to Robertson. Goes right to David Robertson. Michael Rucker came in later after Robertson went two and a third. Two and a third for Robertson. Three hits. Did strike out four. So Robertson finishes the seventh and pitches the eighth and the ninth. Trying to win that game. And there's Patrick Wisdom at the plate with a chance to win that game. Bottom of the ninth and he strikes out. But there's a moment. You got to see what David Ross would do in a in a high-level atmosphere Right then, last night, and I thought some very cool pitching decisions by him and by his pitching coach, Tommy Hadovy. Let's go to Mark. Uh, Mark is in Rolling Meadows and is now on Hit and Run. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing? It's Mark Penty. Hey, Mark. Um, I'm, a, I'm a real big fan of yours. Um, uh, I'm blind. I'm cerebral palsy, and I have uh, multiple sclerosis, but enough about me. Matt? Um, I love you on the show on uh, Hit and Run. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Um, is there any way that I can get um, um, a picture of you? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Here, hang on. Talk to Sean, uh, our producer, and give an address, and, uh, and we, will, we, will, <laughs> we will send that. But is Mark still there? Let me pick up Mark. Hang on. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, hey Mark, Mark, hang on one second. I have to ask. Yeah. I have to what? ask. Yes. Um, the picture. What? It, so you're blind. So tell yeah. me about tell me about the picture. Where... Would, well, because um, 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 I have like posters on my walls. That's know. awesome. I'm I'm in my room. 
you know, yeah. and uh, and I listen to the to the score a lot, um, to Pat Hughes and uh, Ron Coomer. Yeah, that's beautiful. And and you know, I've got a I've got a poster of Wrigley Field, and and I've got a a, a Cubs hat on right now. So. Oh, there you go. Hey, Mark, thank you so much, man. Thanks for listening. Glad that we are here for you. And uh, and that we are part of uh, part of your life in that way. That's really really cool. We'll get your address and send you one out for sure. Um, Six seventy. The score is where you are. It is me, Matt Spiegel, Chris Kampka coming up for the Sultan of Staff from NBC Sports Chicago, and later on that that great comp for Christopher Morel and one of the reasons that we love baseball this week. That's all coming up on Hit and Run on the Score. Ah, yeah. We're going to get ourselves cam connected. That's what we like to do on 670. The scar on hit and run with my guy, Chris Kampka, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. Joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What up, Chris? What's up, Speaks? Uh, happy Sunday. Hey, man. Happy Sunday to you as well. I know you got a ball game coming up soon. I can't believe just how hot Frank Schwindel is. I, I abruptly went to Frank Schwindel because the level of hotness is absurd. The OPS is 994. He got intentionally walked last night and pitched around another couple of times, and for good reason, probably. Yeah, you know, I mean, when he, he was the Royals opening day, starter a few years ago and then he disappeared and it's like you know what happened and and you know there's not that many franks in baseball anymore you know there's, a, there's only four franks to hit a home run in the major since 2000 stop um, stop hang yeah. on that's fun okay that's fun because yeah. I started the show talking about all the Zacks. There's three Zacks in the who are pitching today, according to the probable pitchers on MLB.com. And there's there's nine Zacks in MLB. I think seven of them have made a start this year. But four Franks with a homer since 2000. Frank Thomas. You know it. Um, Frank Minichino? No. Yep. Really? Frank Minichino is one of them. That's awesome. Um, Frank Schwindel. And yeah. ooh, Frank Tanana. No, not Frank Tanana. Uh, who, who else? Who's the fourth Frank? Frank Catalanato. Of course. Of course. Yeah. It's a good name. It's yeah. my grandfather's name. And my son's middle name is Francisco. And uh, That's fun to say. Yeah. It's after his father-in-law as well. So it's a good name. Good to see a, a Frank doing well. Um, he's done something weird in, in addition to being good. Um, so during this series against the Cardinals, he has a distinction of hitting ho- two home runs and allowing two home runs. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's awesome. So he's done that over the course of it's, – it's, give me the stat again. Over the course of the last two games? This series this against series. the Cardinals. Yes, this series. Hit two home runs yeah. and allowed two home runs because they let him pitch. Yes, he did. Right. That's awesome. So it was, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the first game of the series, he homered. Then the next game, he allowed two. And then the next game after that, he homered again. <laughs> How many Cubs? When's the last time a Cubs pitcher did, or player, or, or Cub did that? Carlos. Two homers, hit, two homers allowed in the same series. Carlos Zambrano. You know, I thought it might be. 
but it wasn't. Okay. And then I thought back, who's the last Cub pitcher to homer twice in the game? Fergie in 71. Wow. He didn't allow any home runs that game. Wow. So uh, does the name Scott Stratton do anything for you? It does not. not. It does not. Yeah, because he did it on on July 27th, 1894. He hit two and he allowed two against the Reds. Wow, I'll ask Bruce. I'll ask Bruce about Scott Stratton next time I say next time I see Bruce. Um, man, that that's amazing. Fergie would have been a great call, and Zambrano makes all this. But that's how far you you have to go back. That that's amazing, Chris. It it feels like there's more position players pitching than ever before. I don't know if that's the case or if it's just that they're high profile guys. Like Miguel Cabrera needs to pitch now. That that needs to happen now because Pujols has and Yadier Molina has, and you know, I, I it's it feels like there's more. I don't know if it's true or not. You know, I love the fact that you're getting the high profile guys. It kind of does feel like there, there's a lot of a lot of them pitching nowadays. Did you see yesterday when when CB Buckner wouldn't allow Zach McKinstry to come under the mound for the Dodgers? Was no, that weird or what? I didn't see it. I missed it. Yeah. So the Dodgers wanted to put in Zach McKinstry on the mound. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, C.B. Buckner's out there saying, um, you're not allowed to pitch unless you are down by more than five runs or something like that effect. And, like, nobody knew the rule. Nobody knew it. I sure, I, I don't remember hearing that. I mean, it was just kind of one of those rules that kind of, you know, they snuck in there, and apparently they did it in 2020. Wow, they did. I'm reading about it right now. Rule was put in place ahead of 2020, but because of pandemic, alterations wasn't enforced until the first week of May this year. The margin has to be at least six runs for a position player to be put in. That's that. That's crazy. So they were they're worried they're worried about teams going ahead and and tanking innings because they don't give yeah. a crap about winning the game. This is about competitive yeah. integrity, I suppose. And meanwhile, Buck Showalter was like, "Come on, we want to face them. <laughs> Let us face them because they were down five, uh-huh. nine to four. Yeah. So wow, there was a ten minute delay. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The the umpires yeah. got together. I missed it amongst uh, all my hit and run prep. How about that? A 10-minute delay. Evan Phillips went to pitch for Los Angeles through a scoreless inning. Well, that was great. I'm sure everybody enjoyed Evan Phillips' memorable scoreless inning instead of Zach McKinstry pitching. You, 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 you guy who hates I mean, fun. It's up to the manager, right? I mean, shouldn't Showalter be able to say, no, no, we want to do this, let him do it. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, absolutely. That That's amazing. All right. Well, look, um, the White Sox with a very nice win last night. I just saw the stat you tweeted about Jake Berger and the distance of his home runs. That's awesome. Yeah, he makes them count, you know. And, you know, three straight games with the, that the White Sox won with uh, the game-winning RBI for Berger, although it, it was over the span of a few more games than that. But, mm-hmm. hey, Berger, Berger looks nice. Right, let's Let's see more Berger. Let's celebrate Berger. Yeah. Yeah, he, he he really does, and uh, and and things are are going uh, very very far when uh, when he hits it. Um, I I think these White Sox there were only a few chances with a runner in scoring position, and they came up big last night, and it felt like a rarity. It has been, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. I mean, the bases loaded thing is pretty scary. Um, they are three for thirty five with the bases loaded this season. Um, can I ask you? What do Michael, Michael Franco, Luis Gonzalez of the Giants, Tyler Naquin, and Tyler Stevenson have in common? 
they've all got more bases loaded hits this season than the White Sox. Wow. And that's, you know, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you look at it and and there's a few instances where a bases loaded knock could have turned the game around. It could be a matter of three, four games in the standings, which would be huge. So, I mean, you can't imagine this is going to continue forever. But right now, it's, it's yikes. I mean, the, the Cleveland Guardians, Angels, and Red Sox all have more bases loaded home runs than the White Sox have bases loaded hits. Wow. So, yeah. So, it's, it's a rough start. And, I mean, who would guess that the Cincinnati Reds lead the majors with 19 bases loaded hits this season? I don't know if anyone would. I don't think, I mean, so. I don't think so. There's some sneaky good offensive players, or sneaky decent, I should say, which is one of my yeah. things, offensive players. That Tyler Stevenson, that's, that guy's legit. I mean, they've got two, uh, the Reds have two guys named Tyler with more bases loaded hits than the White Sox this season. Nate Quinn and Stevenson. So, it's weird. Yeah, Stevenson looks awesome. I mean, every time you turn on the game with the Reds and Stevenson's getting a big knock and hitting some home runs. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – it's just one of those oddities. Um, will it continue all season? I don't think so. But, you know, it's just, man, it's rough. Yeah, that is rough. Oh, that is amazing. The The Reds have two guys named Tyler who have more bases loaded hits than the entire Chicago White Sox this year. That is that is a sad state uh, right there, Mr. Kapka. Um, you are the best. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your work. Enjoy your, your child and, um, and Mateo Francisco. I hope he has a wonderful day. Uh, me too. We'll see how we'll see when I get home. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, Chris. All right. That's, see, you, uh, see you. That's Chris Kapka, one of my favorite guys to talk baseball with on the universe, uh, in the universe. 67011 is a. Um, is, uh, is 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 how you text and it's also how you call is uh 312-644-6767 is the phone number um phone lines back open for you at 312-644-6767 for the rest of our hour here's dave in wisconsin hello dave you're on hit and run hey speaks um first let me acknowledge your joy of the game it's lots of fun to listen to you thanks brother appreciate it best yeah so the game um, is the game I'm is the sure. best i'm not the best just to be oh. just to be oh, clear well, the, no, the game is you the you yeah. you no. it's it's very clear that you work very hard to really stay on top um and particularly the nuances are fun that that you seem to really uh appreciate like like your last caller was lots of fun yeah um, okay. yeah so um you know i've got what i guess i sort of consider an embarrassment of riches i you know we got the brewers up the road we got the white Sox down the road and the cubs down the road so i sit up here you know entering the season um just with the excitement of of kind of being flipping around the channel and finding the the best ball that's on right now mm-hmm. so this year this year you know Never been a, a particular White Sox fan, but I'm a baseball fan, and I was very excited that the White Sox were loaded up and expected to be a World Series contender from the get-go. The Cubs, on the other hand, were thought to be, you know, just on the on the trash heap and wouldn't expect much for the next couple of years, if anything. So, with that said, what I've discovered through the season so far is the fun team to watch. I'll set the Brewers aside because they're doing just fine. The fun team to watch are the Cubs with nobody except a lot, a lot of guys who seem to be having fun playing together. I don't know how much of that is David Ross because he's sort of a dour character sometimes, 
but it it sure seems like well that's interesting that, that, that's interesting because he is anything but a dour character privately and to that team like we, when we talked to Willie Harris the other day we're like what are you going to take away from uh, this experience to the rest of your coaching career Willie said um, the positivity of David Ross he said I thought I was positive David Ross is positive on a different level which is and, and that's what I've always thought of David and knew of David so it's interesting that he comes across dour on um, on TV but that is not the case privately but continue Dave well I mean, and I, I think that underlines the point that players like to play for this guy, um, yeah. you know, and, and there's a joy of their game with David Ross. And, you know, with tremendous respect to La Russa for all he's done over the years, it, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a guy that's out of college going back to the high school prom. I mean, nobody's happy. You know, he's not having fun. They're sure as hell not having fun because it's weird. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's just like this, the promise of this great White Sox team just is not, you know, just not being allowed to express itself. Um, and it's too bad. Um, you know, like any great you know, ball player or manager that overstays, it, it just seems like this is sadly kind of the, you know, the outcome. Wow. It's, it's, it was just simply to contrast as a fan. Yeah the difference between the two with the expectations going into the year and finding out, man, I kind of can't wait to watch, you know, the Cubs and the excitement of these kids. And man, I tell you what, watching Contreras and his new little protege, yes. you know, back to back is really a blast. That's a um, really interesting perspective, Dave. Thank you for the call. So that's Dave, who's really a Brewers fan, but just looks around for good baseball and watches Brewers, Cubs, and White Sox. And he's just looking at the expression, the body language, the, the, the way, the exuberance with which a team plays. And he's seeing it on one way for the north side and another way for the south side. And doesn't that fit when you really stop and pause and remove yourself from your expectations of winning and such? Um, doesn't that fit what you've watched and experienced, certainly of late? The White Sox are afraid that they are bad and it's slipping away and their winning window is is decaying. The White Sox play scared and tight and the Cubs are wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and Morell specifically has brought an energy and an exuberance that is just absolutely irrepressible. Plays with his hair on fire is the way that Ross likes to talk about it. Um, the great Ron Coomer was on the score this week and made a comp for Christopher Morell that I love. You'll hear that in a moment when we come back. And it is somebody that Brewers fans will remember and Mets fans will remember and Twins fans will remember and White Sox fans will remember. We'll do that next on the score. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Oh, I, I learned a ton here. We were in a meet. We were in meetings earlier today, and in those meetings, we talk about a lot of different things. And, and our manager here, David Ross, I've learned a ton from him. Our bench coach, Andy Green, I love working with these guys and picking their brains on different situations. And, and you know, sometimes we disagree, but that's good. We, we see things from from different points of views, and, and we get on the same page. So, what I would take with me, number one, from from David Ross is. His positivity. Um, I've always looked at myself as a positive guy, but now I'm super positive being around Rossi and, and giving these guys the energy that they need every day if they're feeding off me. Sometimes these players come to the ballpark and you never know what they're going through. You never know what type of day they're having. They might be having problems at home. You never know. 
family issues, whatever's going on. But when you give them that energy and, and they forget about those, those problems for the next three hours and we can go out and play a baseball game. That's Willie Harris, as mentioned earlier this week on Parkins and Spiegel, Monday through Friday, 2 to 6, right here on The Score. Me and Danny with a chance to talk to Willie Harris, and he was absolutely awesome talking there about David Ross and more. Um, I had a wonderful time at the ball game last night, thanks to the fine folks at FanDuel for having me and uh, some others out, including some, some big players, some big FanDuel players, some VIPs, and... I'm looking on FanDuel right now, by the way, and for the White Sox and Tampa this afternoon, a 12:40 Central Time start. You could, of course, you know, bet on somebody to get a hit, and that's what I do with the Beat the Streak podcast uh, every weekday of the baseball season. You could also bet on somebody to get two hits. How about somebody to get three hits? You can. And if I had to make a fun bet today, and I think I'll have to do this, Yandy Diaz doesn't make outs. Against the White Sox. He just doesn't. He doesn't make outs. He's got eight walks uh, in his last four games. And he's got five hits in his last four games. Can I bet to get on base? Oh, I can do total bases. So I can do record three total bases for Yandy Diaz. That is a walk in the park. That's plus 290. How about four total bases? Mm, I'm looking. I will find the appropriate bet for Yadi Diaz before I get out of here on Fanduel. Yes, and uh, thank you. No, that's Cody's bet. That's you. Leave the cash register for Cody. You're right. I'm sorry, Cody Decker, and down the line <laughs> coming up at five o'clock uh, later this afternoon. I, I don't want him coming coming out after me. Apparently, I said wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed is uh, is the thing, and that's how the Cubs have been playing. I love Christopher Morrell. How could you not love watching Christopher Morrell? It's he's an anomaly because his stats, he never had an OPS higher than 787 along in the minors. And that was at South Bend, high A in 2019. Nothing in 2020, a taste of Iowa in 2021, which was a terrific music festival, Taste of Iowa. Uh, most of that season in Tennessee, something obviously clicked for him in double A this year. OPS above 900 at double A. And it stayed clicked when he came up here. I don't know what has happened mechanically, approach-wise, if anything has changed that way. I mentioned earlier when talking to Scott Efros, Morell gets in the crouch with two strikes. So he, 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 he makes his strike zone smaller, and he tries to put the ball in play with two strikes, and that's been working. And But overall, it's been his energy and his exuberance, playing with his hair on fire. As Ross says, Ron Coomer was on Mully and Haw this week with Mark Grody sitting in and was asked about Christopher Morrell. It is. You know, he, he reminds me a little bit of a guy that I, I didn't play with, but I got to see a lot of in Minnesota and then with Milwaukee. And that's Carlos Gomez. I don't know if you guys remember. Sure, sure. Cargo. But very similar personalities in the way they're going about it and kind of a little bit on the reckless abandon and exuberance, right? Like that you were saying, um, it's just fun to watch, right? I mean, he's excited to be in the big leagues. He's excited to be doing well. He's, he's wanting to meet everybody. So he's shaking the hand of the, the catcher before the first pitch of the ball game and fist bumping the umpire. I've never fist bumped an umpire in a game in my life. <laughs> now that's 17 years of playing and nothing. I'm like, no, not he even Angel Hernandez? Oh, man. 
crazy. Not even Angel Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> but he shook hands with Bruce Dreckman yesterday after the double. He slides in the second. He gets up, calls time. And then he shook Bruce's hand and introduced himself. And it was all I could do to just not just belly laugh on the air going, this is just awesome. I just love this. It's really good. And he's playing great. He's, you know, everything about it is it's very good. You talk about a shot of adrenaline for a ball club. He's it. Oh, man. Shaking hands with the umpire after a double. Standing <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Sound like you're trying to win some elections here you know? uh, well who was who was telling me the other day or where did i hear them talking about it that morell walked over from the on deck circle walked over to tom ricketts and shook his hand i think it was i feel like that was an in-game thing with marquee or something they was were it? talking about it yeah, yeah boog boog was talking yeah, maybe yeah. boog was talking no i think boog was talking about it with with me and danny that's what it was. So you're right. You're right. Boog said that that Morell walked over and shook Tom Ricketts' hand from the on deck circle during the game. <laughs> just like who would even think to do such a thing? Morell is just so happy. And um, as uh, as Boog says to us, and he says he got it from the bench coach Andy Green. Christopher Morell's love language is touch. If you're familiar with the love languages, maybe your wife or you prefer gifts or acts of service or words of affirmation or those kinds of things. Chris Morell is about touch. So he's like, hey, how are you? And he shakes hands. He fist bumps umpires. He hugged Bruce Levine. He hugged Bruce Levine. Yeah, the first interaction with Bruce, he was introduced. They shook hands. Second interaction with Bruce, hey, come here. They're buds now. Bring it in. Bring it in. But Carlos Gomez, not Cargo. Carlos Gonzalez of the Rockies was Cargo. Carlos Gomez, the young twin, was Gogo. He was a Mets prospect of epic levels. He was the highlight of the Jose... um, uh, or, or the the, the Johan Santana, excuse me, the Johan Santana trade yes. from the Twins right. to the Mets. Carlos Gomez, Gogo, was the five-tool, do-everything, crackling energy prospect outfielder who supposedly was faster than Jose Reyes in Mets camp and in the Mets minor leagues and ended up stealing 40 bases one year in the big leagues, um, but also had a lot of power, stole a bunch of home runs in the outfield. White Sox fans of a certain vintage will remember Gogo, Carlos Gonzalez of the Young Twins, and then Carlos Gonzalez as a brewer. Had very good years in Milwaukee. But, man, that's a great call by Ron Coomer. That kind of ebullient energy. Um, Gogo got he got under people's skin, though, which was different. It came off like a, maybe it was a product of the times. Times have changed. Like, people went after Carlos Gomez for being a bat flipper, for for other stuff, for being too energetic, for having too much flow and too much flair. And guess what? People don't get on you about that stuff that much anymore, and that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So maybe that's why it kind of feels different about their energy is because the times themselves have changed. I enjoy that comp um, a lot. Yes, uh, thank you. From Legend in Galesburg, Speaks walks don't count as total bases. I found out the hard way. No, I, and I knew that. Damn it. I'm an idiot. I should have told you. All right. Great. Thank you. 670, the score is where you are. This has been a tremendous, tremendous fun. Do we have time to squeeze this in? I think we do. This is, every week we look for stuff about why we love baseball. 
why we love baseball. And earlier this week, a Royals reliever debuted, and he has an incredible story. And this is it. Joel Goldberg back with our Chevy call to the bullpen. It is a debut for Jose Quas, and this might be the best story we have heard in years. First off, you have his trip here yesterday. He had flown back to Omaha with the Storm Chasers from Louisville. That was a wake-up call at 3, 4 in the morning for a 6 a.m. flight through O'Hare, a long layover in Chicago, then back to Omaha. He gets into his bed in his apartment. The phone rings. He's not sure if he should pick it up. He does, and they say, we need you in Cleveland. He flies then his third flight of the day from Omaha to Minneapolis, then Minneapolis to Cleveland. He gets here last night in the third, almost ended up in the game. A lot of nerves. That story pales in comparison to the one that has him as a hitting prospect for the Milwaukee Brewers until in 2017 they switched the former college hitter at the University of Maryland to a pitcher. So he converts to pitching in 2017, gets released in 2018, goes back home to Brooklyn. His younger brother was a, was a college pitcher. Jose takes a job working at FedEx. 6 a.m. in the morning, he's up to work at FedEx, working till 8 p.m. most nights in Brooklyn. He would get home, and his younger brother would say, you're not giving up on your dream. They would go to a park in Brooklyn, and he would throw to his brother every single night, sometimes 20, 30 degrees under the one light that they had in that park. And now he, he is here after going to independent ball, making his big league debut as a pitcher. That's awesome. Working at FedEx, throwing at night to his younger brother who was a pitcher who refused to let him have his dream die, and now he's in the big leagues. With the How can you not be romantic about baseball? How can you not? How can you not? It's the best. And uh, get out to a game this week, folks. Get out to a game this month, this summer. Um, stories like that are certainly available. I had a great night at the ballpark last night. I can report one other thing, that Chase Adam Kirschenbaum does not have tennis this morning. He does have baseball, travel ball. He's a shortstop and a pitcher. I hope he played well. I hope he had a blast, Chase. Good to meet you last night. Thank you to our producer, Sean Sears, for the great job that he always does. Thank you to our guests today, Scott Efros of the Chicago Cubs, Joe Roderick of St. Louis Sports Radio, and Chris Kamka of NBC Sports Chicago. Here's hoping you have a wonderful day. CBS Sports Radio is next. Up until 5 o'clock when Cody Decker will be here with Down the Line, and then it's Cubs Cardinals right here on 670 The Score. Me, I'll be back tomorrow and all week long with Danny Parkins. Parkins and Spiegel, 2-6 to six on The Score. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll talk to you later on. Have a wonderful day, everybody. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto 